I know not why God's wondrous grace to me He hath made known, nor why unworthy Christ in love redeemed me for His own. But I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able Keep that which I committed unto Him against that day. I know not how His saving faith to me He did impart, nor how believing in His Word brought peace within my heart. But I know And I'm persuaded that He is able to keep that which I committed unto Him against that day. I know not how the Spirit moves, convincing men of sin, revealing Jesus through the Word created. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I committed unto Him against that day. I know not when my Lord may come at night or noonday fair, I'll walk the veil with him or meet him in But I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. Never ceases to amaze me how the Lord joins us in worship and how He is working on us in the same way. <clears throat> the message is all running together in His perfect plan. It's amazing. It truly is. All right, turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. All right, and I know we're all familiar with this chapter and with this book and the Lord's uh, explaining how it's going to be when His kingdom comes. And so, uh, in the first few verses of chapter 25, we have the parable, the account of the ten virgins. And that's what I want us to look at this morning. So, Matthew chapter 25 and verse 1, and this is the Lord Jesus speaking. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five 
were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Verse 11 says, Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. All right, this parable I want us to look at this morning and kind of maybe pick it apart a little at a time. In verse 1, the Lord said, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now, who do these ten virgins depict? Who are they a type and a shadow of? Well, they are a type of the body of professing Christians in the day that he's talking about. In this part of time, this dispensation, uh, the kingdom of God. And it's relevant today. Very relevant today. Who are the ten virgins? The body of professing Christians. Are they all really saved? Are they all truly children of God? Do they all have the Holy Spirit within their heart that draws them to Him? Apparently not. Half of ten is five. Half of them had no oil in their vessels, but half did. The uh, the number ten is relevant, by the way. If you've ever studied uh, or looked at the study of numerology, it's it's pretty it's pretty in depth. And you realize if you study uh, into the study of numerology that this book was written by God, and no no man would have had the insight. For the significant of numbers that you find in this book. You remember uh, the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, you know, Abraham was talking to him and saying to the Lord, uh, and was saying, well, what if, what if there's a whole bunch of people there who have not fallen in? To this, would you 
that are righteous, would you say, would you still destroy them? And he kept coming down. Well, what about all the way down to 45? Well, what about? And what was the last number? Ten. He said, I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. And he saved those out of that city and destroyed the city. That's just one, one example of the significance of the number ten. There were ten virgins. All right. So, the kingdom of heaven is going to be made up of the body of professing Christians during this period of time. I believe that period of time, not that it was restricted to now, but is relevant for now, this period of time. We are in the last days. I truly believe that. So, Verse 2 says, and five of them were wise and five were foolish. Well, what is the beginning of wisdom? Five of them were wise. Where did they get that wisdom? What kind of wisdom was it? Again, where did it come from? The beginning of wisdom, of course, is the fear of the Lord. A lot of times we say that without looking into it very deeply. We're not going to dig real deep here this morning, but let's just say that the fear of the Lord comes when you recognize who He is. You recognize that He's God and you're not. He's the creator of all things. He owns all things, including you. That my friend, is the beginning of wisdom. How do you recognize God as He truly is? Because He is revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to be talking more about the revelation of the Holy Spirit this morning. All right. So they were wise. They knew who the bridegroom was. Personally, the true professing Christians of today, they know the shepherd and they know his voice and they follow him. Now, half of the virgins, five of them were wise, verse 2, and five were foolish. They were foolish. Well, what does the Bible say about foolish people? Psalms 14 says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. Oh, but what about the body of professing Christians? Well, let's look a little closer at that scripture, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. And let's realize that the fool says in his heart, there is no God like the one this Bible talks about. There is no sovereign God that's absolutely sovereign. Yeah, well, yeah, he's sovereign, you know. He's, he's over the big stuff, they would say. But is he absolutely sovereign over all things, including 
the sheep that God the Father gave the Son. He's in control of that and them. He's known you since before the foundation of the world. I believe in the last days there are going to be many professing Christians that don't profess the true God. Why? They don't admit that He is sovereign over all things. They don't realize their place under Him. Why? Because they don't know Him. They don't know Him. Now verse 3 says, They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. There was no oil in their lamps. Well, what's the lamp all about anyway? Well, it has oil in it. And it has a wick. And the oil travels up the wick. It's saturated with oil. And they light the wick. And it gives off light. Why is it necessary? Because they were traveling in the dark. When was it that the bridegroom came? Midnight, right? They needed that light to see in the dark. To see where they were going. Where were they going, by the way? To meet the bridegroom. That's where we're going today. We're going to meet the bridegroom. And our path is lit up so that we see the right way to go. And where is that? By the lamp. They took no oil with them. What does oil represent in the scripture? It represents the Holy Spirit of God. David said, Thou anointest my head with oil of my cup on the head. The Holy Spirit that we are anointed with. We have oil in our lamps, you see. How do we see who we are and our place? In the kingdom of God. It's by revelation, isn't it? It is the Holy Spirit. When God quickens us, He gives us the Holy Spirit. He puts oil in our lamps, and we can see now. We can see Him, and we can see the way to Him, can't we? This book became alive when God saved me. It became alive to me. These words are not just black and red letters on white pages. No, they contain life. And the key to that life is the Holy Spirit that dwells in your heart, in your mind. that draws you to it and lights your path so that you can see. Light came into the world, but men preferred what? Darkness. They still do, don't they? They still do. Verse 4. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. They could see the path to the Savior. They could see the path to the bridegroom. We are able to see the path to our Savior today because we have oil in our lamps, you see. And the Holy Spirit enlightens our way. What a Savior to provide everything we need to come to Him. What a Savior. So again, 
These ten virgins represent the body professing Christians. Many will profess to believe in the Lord. Some will truly be born again and have the Holy Spirit in their heart. And some will not. Some will not have any oil or the Holy Spirit. Again, the lamps are vessels of light to light the way through the darkness. The Holy Spirit burns in you a light. And that light lights your path to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's God's plan. That's how God works in His people. We remember the Lord's conversation with Nicodemus. He said, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. We talked about that a lot here. The Lord used that scripture to save me. So we talk about it a lot because it means a lot to me. The water being born, physically born, a physical birth, the Spirit being miraculously born. Being spiritually born. Quickened, the Bible tells us. Made alive. And that life is God living within you. It's a fact. He puts the Holy Spirit within us when He saves us. The Holy Spirit is in us and He doesn't leave us. He continues to light our way to Jesus Christ. These wicks, they need to be trimmed daily. Why? Well, if you've had a kerosene lamp, and I think most of us probably have, well, some of us younger ones not, but the way it works is that flame is on the end of that wick, and that's where the flame burns from. Alright? With the end of that wick, it gets charred and it gets hard. It does, it gets hardened right there where that flame begins. And after a while, it doesn't burn uniformly anymore. It kind of flickers and it doesn't burn right. And so they have to trim that hard part off of the wick. The same is true for us. We must trim our wicks daily. What does that mean? It means to examine yourself every day so that your light shines to its full potential. It's important that we examine ourselves in the light of what? Our rule book right here. The Lord's Word. We search out and try our ways and then turn again to the Lord. That's Lamentations 340, by the way. Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 tells us to examine ourselves. Examine yourselves. Make sure you're on the right path. All right. Verse 5. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Now we know that the Lord had an exact and precise time to return for us. We know that. But 
during this time we're waiting for him. And he's waiting for the right time. To us, we see as he's he's waiting, he's tarrying. What's happening right now while the Lord is waiting to come back and get us? While the groom, bridegroom, verse 5, tarried, they all slumbered and slept. That's what's happening in professing Christendom today. We're slumbering and sleeping, aren't we? And it's everybody who is. The things of the world are clouding our vision, aren't they? They really are. And at midnight, verse 6, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose. All of those, all of those professing Christians will wake up. Then all those virgins arose, verse 7, and trimmed their lamps. Why'd they do that? To get the hard part off the top so that the flame will burn bright. That's illumination for us. That's understanding for us. Given, we are illuminated by the Holy Spirit, we understand that the Bible applies to us because of the Holy Spirit's illumination. Trim their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. We don't see our connection to the Lord because it's dark. But the wise answered, Not so. Lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather than that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they were gone, while they went to buy, verse 10, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open the door, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Let me tell you that the shepherd knows his sheep, and we know him. Why? Because he dwells within us. That's the difference. It's the oil and the lamps, or not. So the heart is the vessel in which the oil or the Holy Spirit is placed or put when the Lord saves us. And the heart is the place from which this illumination burns. Does that make sense? You see, we're enlightened. By the fire that burns within us for him. He shows us the way to him. And let's look at Matthew chapter 7. And we'll close right there.
Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go thereat. Because straight is the gate, and there is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it, beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, they're professing, but they're not adhering to the truth of God's Word. Beware of them. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorns or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a correct corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree, verse 19, that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Verse 21, not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. What is the will of our Father for us today? Well, we could go into a, a lot of answers for that. But let us just say it is our sanctification. It is that we are set aside from the things of this world, from the desires of this world. He has set us aside. He has sanctified us. Water and oil, they don't mix, right? That's right. Flesh and the Spirit, they don't mix either. They don't mix either. All right. Verse 22 says, Many will say to me in that day. What day? The same day that he's talking about in the 25th chapter. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have, have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? We have done many wonderful works, they will say. The Lord said, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew ye. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And we know the rest of that account. The rock is Jesus Christ. Won't you build your life on dependence on him let me tell you he's there for you he always has been he always will be when you were quickened the Lord gave you the Holy Spirit and he's with you forever what a savior to provide everything that we need oh won't you just trust in him don't trust in yourselves you don't have what you need to get there 